2: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of the DFS OG's podcast here on Roto-Grinders, talking everything week five, breaking down each and every game, including Thursday, Sunday night, Monday night, taking user questions. We'll do that in part two. But here in part one, it'll be a lot of analysis, a lot of fun. We'll try to talk some off-topic stuff, but discuss things that went right, what went wrong last week, and focus on the plays for this week. So let me bring in my fellow OG's here. You know him. You love him. Head Chopper, Notorious Chop. Let's start with you. How was week four, brother?
3: Week four was okay. It was actually pretty much a success in the NFL, so I can't complain about that. I'd take that week, all 17 weeks of the year, if I could.
2: That's what we like to hear. Noto, how about you? How was week four, brother?
4: Yeah, pretty decent week overall, uh, but I went back to the well with Lamar Miller. He uh, really heard me from uh, some big caches, but uh, other than that, yeah, it's kind of crazy. We're seeing a completely new NFL this season. Uh, we're breaking records in terms of points scored, passing yards, passing touchdowns, uh, and we got to adjust when it comes to DFS.
2: All right, it's becoming like college football, Chops. So this is right up your alley here with all these air raids and all these quarterbacks, but looking like another fun week. Don't forget, bye weeks are starting this week, so we got less games. Less things to choose from, but we got some crucial decisions to make. So let's start Thursday night. You look over on DraftKings, $1.25 million showdown tournament, $250,000 to first, just a $10 buy-in. And we have Colts and Patriots. Now, Chop, I know you do a video with Tony. You focus on these slates. So let's get started with you. How do we differentiate here? The Patriots, obviously, a million ways you can go. The Colts put up some points. didn't get it done at home. Do we see a shootout here? Are we loading up? On offensive players? Or are you going a different route?
3: Uh, I I definitely uh, don't see necessarily a shootout here. Maybe on New England's end, and that's about it. Uh, looks like Ty is going to miss the game, so even less offense for Indianapolis. And I don't think I'm going to uh, turn to one of those other guys to just to you know sheerly fill in his numbers i don't think it's going to be that kind of a situation i think the loss of ty makes this thing much more prone to a blowout so i think the way you attack this one is going to be load up on five of those six spots with new england players and um hopefully hopefully you can hit on the right indianapolis guy
2: and who are some of your favorite plays there we got edelman returning to the lineup we saw sony michelle have a big game james white have a big game gronk questionable so we'll see on that but Maybe somebody that's not one of those guys. Anybody stand out as a cheaper option you're willing to take a chance on? Maybe a Josh Gordon.
3: Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to say they stand out. It's the usual suspects. But I would say that if you want to be a little bit different and you want to try to win this thing, you take a chance on a guy like Chris Hogan now that he's not going to be the number one guy. Maybe, I mean, like if this were a regular week five game where Edelman had been playing this whole time, and Gronk was a little bit dinged up, or and the, the offense was running smooth, Chris Hogan would be on everybody's radar. You know, it's not like he's just all of a sudden up and disappear. Uh, I just think he the, the numbers he's put up this year have been so bad that uh, everybody wants to shy away from him. He's still the same guy. He's still the number two wide receiver in the offense this week uh, behind Edelman, and I don't think Josh Gordon is ready to make an impact just yet. Gronk is banged up, like I said. I think you take a shot on a guy like Hogan, but – you know the usual suspects. Hopefully, you get the right running back on your team and and the right set of receivers. And in this case, I think uh, I think Hogan could be on the radar.
2: Things I never thought I'd say to start this season off. Chris Hogan is cheaper in this slate than Jacoby Brissett, Brian Hoyer, Brian Grant, and Chester Rogers is twelve hundred dollars more than Chris Hogan. So I like that call chop. Just forty eight hundred on DraftKings. So I, I think a lot of people, like you said, are going to shy away from that, but. It's a guy that's good in the red zone. And in these showdown slates, you need touchdowns. So, great call there. no, let's get over to you. Same questions. Obviously, a lot of New England. Any sneaky New England plays? And then, are you more optimistic on the Colts than Chop seems to be?
4: I'd say I'm more optimistic than Chop, but not uh, that optimistic in general. They're going to have to air it out quite a bit to try to keep up with this Patriots offense. I think it's a good game script for Naheem Hines. Caught a nine of his 11 targets last week. And if no, uh, T.Y. Hilton, you know, uh, luck's got to throw it to somebody. So uh, I like Hines a little bit. Grant Rogers, they're fine uh, in this showdown slate. If you're playing the Thursday through Monday, probably not looking at anyone from Indy. On New England side, uh, we can actually rely on these uh, Patriots running backs for the first time in a couple of years. Basically, a uh, 50-50 split when it comes to snaps last week between uh, Sonny Michelle and James White. Uh, Michelle had all the carries pretty much, but didn't see any targets, only ran three pass routes. So on a full PPR site like DraftKings, probably leaning more towards James White. Uh, and with Edelman back, I think you just go right to him. Hopefully uh, people will be scared to play him. The Colts are going to be missing their good slot corner. So that's a really nice boost for Edelman. And then if Gronk stays questionable throughout the week, I think that little cue is going to end up uh, you know, lowering his ownership a little bit. I don't mind targeting him in all formats and uh the culture linebackers have just really struggled in coverage so i like edelman uh gronk and brady stacks and then uh, maybe mix in some james white as well
2: so neither you brought up naheem hines so i want to bring him up here because i know a lot of Fair. people are gonna ask Fair. people are Fair. gonna ask this is why i'm bringing it up i'm
3: not you don't saying... listen
2: what i'm not even listening come on man oh you were on naheem hines so chop you weren't so any thoughts on hines
3: i'll pass on this one man he Nice game, that last game out, but I don't think uh, I I don't expect him to do do that too much this year. I'm gonna pass on. I, I mean, I'm I'm a, you know uh, the one thing I preach in these showdown slates, you you find your angle and you stick to it, and you don't you don't uh, you know get off of it. And in this case, I'm really just not on Indy, man. I'm I may stick in one pass catcher to fill in my one Indy spot that I have to have. I'm just not on these other guys, so I'm, I'm gonna pass.
2: Derek, my apologies, brother. I'm easily <laughs> distracted. A lot of things uh, looking at and looking at stats. Pornhub. Uh, Pornhub.
4: So. <laughs> Porn oh. <hub. laughs>
2: Pour one out for my listening skills, clearly. So let's move on to the Sunday main slate. Again, a shorter slate because of bye weeks, but still looks like a fun slate. A lot of big totals in this one. This one, maybe not so much, Derek. Tennessee and Buffalo. We, we saw the Bills two weeks ago shock the world in Minnesota. Last week, go to Lambeau and get shut out. Tennessee, though, you know, Mariota comes back, we had concerns, pretty sure we all avoided him last week, puts a big number on the board along with Corey Davis, the emergence of Taewon Taylor, and Deion Lewis not bad in the passing game. So I think there's a lot of angles here for the Titans, including the defense. Are you as high on them as I am this week?
4: Not as high on the offense, but I do like the defense quite a bit. Josh Allen has taken a sack on 15% of his dropbacks, which is by far the highest of any quarterback in the NFL this season. So I like that call. Don't mind looking at Corey Davis, 32% market share, averaging 10 targets per game so far this season. I'll probably play him over Taylor, at least uh, in this spot. Overall, just not a game I want. A ton of exposure to definitely going to be staying away from uh, everyone on the Bills.
2: Things I didn't think I'd say in 2018, Chop, the Titans' defense is the highest-priced defense on the full slate here on DraftKings. So are they worth the price tag there? And then your thoughts on the offense and any interest in the Buffalo side?
3: Buffalo, no interest. I don't think I, I mean outside of LaShawn McCoy, I don't think I'll probably roster a Buffalo guy all year long. They're just not good. So McCoy's the only one I would keep in my back pocket and this is not this might not be the, the the game to use him. So uh I just don't have much interest in Buffalo this year at all. But uh Tennessee, sure. I don't I don't mind going back to the Corey I was not on Mariota, but I was on Corey Davis. He helped me with one lineup that was really, really nice. Uh, last week. So uh, I'll go back to Corey Davis. Uh, no problems there. And uh, yeah, I don't know if I want to pull the trigger on Mariota in this game. And the running backs are a bit of a conundrum to figure out. So I guess I'll stick to Corey Davis and maybe a little bit of Taiwan Taylor.
2: Yeah, tough to get too excited. I mean, a total under 40. That's generally not a game we're going to target. So I think more bits and pieces of this one. But you know, as far as a stack of Tennessee or anything like that, it may be difficult. So any interest in Derrick Henry, you guys? Is he ever going to get it going here? He came into the season with a lot of, you know, a lot of hype, and just has not lived up to it. Any interest there? Maybe a pairing of Henry and the Titans' defense.
3: I would say for me, I would have more interest in Derrick Henry this week than Deion Lewis. So, so yeah, I would say yeah. There's some interest there. Uh, just looking at the game, I, I don't think Buffalo's very good. Uh, you know, I think they got really lucky there against Minnesota. Everything happened perfectly for him i think if this game gets to be a little bit like a double digit blowout in the third quarter we can see derrick henry manhandle this uh defensive line and and get his 100 yards and a touchdown
2: yeah, i mean the two games before the last one which obviously didn't go in his favor but 18 carries in each of those games so if he gets anything near that at 4400 and you get a lower scoring game i think he could provide value very low ownership Jarek, your thoughts derrick henry yay or nay
4: You know, he wasn't on my radar, but you do make a compelling argument. You compare him up with the Titans' defense. Nice correlation play in tournaments. So uh, I don't hate it. The Bills, one of the worst run defenses in the NFL, so I don't hate it.
2: All right, let's get away from that game. Let's get to a fun one here. Atlanta and Pittsburgh. Who's not in play here, Derek?
4: Well, uh, Julio Jones on pace for 125 catches, 2,000 yards, and zero touchdowns. Um, I I don't know what this guy has to do to find the end zone. I'm going to keep playing him. Uh, you know, had that big game, nine for a buck 73, especially on a side like DraftKings. I mean, touchdowns don't hurt you as much when you're getting that 100 yard bonus and you're just getting you know, nine, 10 catches a game. So I'll keep playing Julio. I know Calvin Ridley uh, has been scoring all the touchdowns, but he's only playing 59% of the snaps, 5.3 targets per game. I'd like to see more volume uh, for my wide receiver. So give me Julio in this spot. Want to stay away from the backfield, especially if Devontae Freeman's going to be back. And then Matt Ryan on the road, I just not. Too sure about him. I know the the Pittsburgh defense has just been terrible. Uh, I actually just read an article. I can't remember who wrote it, but uh, saying that Ryan Shazier has been a bigger impact on the Steelers uh, than Le'Veon Bell being out, and uh, I have to agree. So uh, yeah, I don't mind Ryan, but probably just Julio for me on the Atlanta side. And then Big Ben love him in this spot. Going to be pairing him up with all of his pass catchers. Uh, Atlanta's not good at covering the middle of the field. We know they give up a lot of. Uh, receptions to running backs and they give up a lot of receptions to you know slot corners and tight ends. So you can look at Juju, you can look at McDonald, obviously Antonio Brown's going to be in play. I think you just uh, stack up the Steelers side and then bring it back with Julio.
2: What about James Conner? I think this is a, a great bounce back spot. I think a lot of people w- with good reason are going to focus on the guys you mentioned, Derek, the passing game looks to be in a great spot here, but Atlanta bottom five against the running back. We know they give up a ton of receptions to running backs and we know Pittsburgh is going to use James Conner in that role. So any interest there? Is it just all out Pittsburgh or just more focused on the passing game for you?
4: Yeah, I'll definitely have some Conner. I like pairing him up with Big Ben and maybe another receiver as well. So yeah, pretty much all things Pittsburgh in this one for me. All right, Chop, same question
2: to you. Who's, Who's not in play here? Because I think there's a lot of ways you can go, a lot of options. It's obviously a game stack. So how are you attacking this one?
3: Uh who's not in play. I'll start off with Atlanta. Who's not in play? For me, Calvin really's not in play. He won't be in my player pool. I tried to fade him last week and for the most part I did. And then he gets lucky and donks off another couple touchdowns for the for the donks, man. So I mean, but it's gonna it's gonna eventually uh die down there. Like price is elevated now. Ownership was is incredibly elevated. I like am I'm, I'm hoping everybody I'm hoping thirty percent of the field is on him again this week because I don't. I don't think that's. Uh. I don't think that's a player I want to go to. So I'll pass on him. He's the one guy. Julio is the, is the guy on that offense I really want. Yeah. Uh, Tevin Coleman looks okay. And uh, price tag wise, I'm gonna avoid Matt Ryan this week. But, uh, I, yeah, Julio. I'm. I'm with. I'm with Derek on that one. Julio is my guy. On the flip side, is the is the offense that I want more than any other offense this week. That Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's gonna be popular, but I think we can find the plays in there that to make it happen. James Conner's interesting. This, we've seen the, the like, he hasn't run, I mean, since that first week against Cleveland, his running skills have really diminished here. Like, he's not getting the runs that we thought, but he's still catching those little checkdowns. Uh, so, uh, he's still in play, and of course, this is the defense you want that against. So, I think you could, you know, but then again, we've been watching these last couple weeks, and it's Ryan Switzer who's been lining up in the backfield catching these Catch is coming out, so it's, it's really weird. Maybe it's a Ryan Switzer week this week, and maybe James Conner is doing kind of like what I thought he was going to do to start the year, when he, which is not a super efficient player compared to Le'Veon Bell, and that, that Cleveland game was a fluke. So I don't know how I'm going to play that one yet, but it's interesting. But Antonio Brown, I think i got to fire him up on all cylinders this week. Squeaky wheel, everything. hadn't had great weeks. This team is struggling. They're at home and uh, this is not a, as nearly as good of a defense as they faced last week against Baltimore. I think Big Ben gets it done for about 350 and four touchdowns, and a lot of it goes to Antonio.
2: Yeah, Switzer's interesting. I mean, minimum price. We saw seven targets last week. So, you know, he's a guy that you could throw into that stack to, to save some money. A couple of interesting pricing notes here. Mohamed Sanu, who I had a lot of last week, Chop, I was in the same boat. You know, Fade Ridley, everything was going great, and then he finds the end zone twice. But Sanu played well in that game is playing more snaps, is running more routes, and he's $1,800 cheaper on DraftKings. So I think he's very much in play at 4K. And then Vance McDonald, I think he's in play on both sites. I think you guys both brought him up. But just 4600 on FanDuel. So he missed the, the pricing bump there. DraftKings has him up at $3,700. I don't think that's how to play. But obviously probably the game of the week offensively, the game everybody's going to stack. But the Switzers, the Sanu's, Guys like that, I don't think a lot of people will go to. So a way to differentiate your lineups. All right, Chop, let's go from the the high-scoring affair here to Denver and the Jets. I mean, Denver played tough at home. Mahomes was absolutely unbelievable. We'll get to him in the next game. But got it done, went into Denver. So Denver takes a tough home loss. The Jets, I don't have much great to say about them. Went to Jacksonville and got thumped. So which team responds here, Denver on the road or the Jets at home?
3: Uh, let's start off with Denver on the road. <sighs> I guess we could go back to Emmanuel Sanders. I mean, it, for the fact that they played Kansas City on Monday night and Kansas City has a terrible defense, it was shocking how bad this entire passing game was in, in that Kansas City game. Like nobody made any type of move at at value. So I'll go back to Emmanuel Sanders, but I'm starting to uh, get a little bit impatient with what they're doing through the passing game in Denver, man. And uh, and then the backfield would be nice if one of these guys wasn't there, but Freeman and Lindsey completely split up everything. So it's tough to get super excited about that one also. So for Denver, I guess Emmanuel Sanders, um, but it's just not super exciting on that on that side of the ball. And on the other side, the New York Jets, I guess this would be the week that uh, I would look for Robbie Anderson to break out as opposed to Nunwa. So I'm more on the Robbie Anderson train this week more than anybody else for the Jets.
2: Yeah, this one, I don't have a lot in this game. I mean, the Jets coming into the week were we're the number one DVOA team or number two uh, overall, been very good against receivers. So it's tough to get excited about this passing game, like you said. And we almost have to be on Chad Kelly alert here. If you're in a dynasty league, it's a guy I would stash. I know they paid Keenum a lot of money, but he did not look good, especially last night. And I think that change could be coming sooner than later. So just a note for you dynasty players and something to keep an eye on. Moving forward. But, Derek, back to DFS here. I don't want to get too far off the beaten path. Jets and Broncos, looks ugly. Any place here stand out for you?
4: You mentioned Kingdom struggles. Over the last three weeks, he's failed to top 245 passing yards, and he's not thrown a touchdown while he's thrown three picks. Uh, and he's faced the Chiefs, the Ravens, and the Raiders. So uh, definitely don't want to buy this Broncos offense right now. chop mentioned the time split in the backfield. That just hurts both Freeman and Lindsey's workload, so can't go there. Not really interested in anyone uh, from Denver. And then on the Jets' side, the one guy that I've been using is Quincy Noonwa. He's going to be lined up against Chris Harris, who might be the best uh, slot corner in the NFL. So, yeah, not a lot to like here. If you want to take a shot on Robbie Anderson, I do like that call in large field tournaments. Only 3,800 on DraftKings.
2: Yeah, let's move on from that one. That's an ugly game, low total. I don't think there's much there. Now, Jacksonville, Kansas City. Derek? This one should be interesting. We, we have the unstoppable offense in Kansas City against still one of the league's best defenses in Jacksonville. What happens here? Does Kansas City continue to roll here? Do they get slowed down by Jacksonville? This one very intriguing, but what do we do with it here in DFS?
4: Yeah, so I think this one is a shootout, you know, with Jags defense, one of the best in the NFL. But uh, Mahomes went into Denver and broke the Broncos streak of 38 straight games uh, without la- allowing 300 passing yards. He's just uh, masterproof at this point. And this total set at over 50 points. So Vegas obviously likes uh, the scoring in this one. So, yeah, I'm going to be loading up. I think you can stack it in a number of ways. doesn't sound like Fournette's going to play. Uh, so as long as he's out, I think you can uh, load up TJ Yeldon. He's a good pass-catching running back. Handle 74% of the running back touches without Fournette so far this season. Blake Bortles just killed me, uh, you know, two weeks ago against the Titans, but bounced back in a big way against the Jets. I think he's in play on the road. You can pair him up with any of his pass catchers, really. Uh, DD Cole, Moncrief have all had big games so far this season. So lots of like on Jacksonville's side. And then on KC, I certainly don't mind, uh, you know, going to my home. 6,200 for the best, uh, you know, fantasy quarterback so far this season isn't too bad. And uh, if Watkins is unable to play, I think it gives a little bump to Kelsey, maybe a little bump to Hunt as well. We saw him get involved in the passing game against the Broncos, had his uh, big breakout game. Tyreek Hill's always uh, a threat to break a big play. Even if they try to shadow him with Jalen Ramsey, I don't think it's going to work because he's so fast. So I like this game quite a bit. I'm going to have quite a few stacks, and it's right there with the Steelers game as my favorite of the week. Where do you, we're both,
2: this is a question for both of you guys, but Derek, you take it first. Where do you expect Mahomes' ownership to come in? I know he's been – everybody wants to play him each and every week. Do you think people will hesitate because it's Jacksonville? And I know normally quarterbacks, we don't worry about ownership. Just curious your thoughts of where he checks in.
4: Yeah, quarterbacks never get too chalky, uh, especially in tournaments because everyone likes to pair them up with their pass catchers and everyone likes to do different game stacks. So I doubt he's going to get more than 15%. We have Rivers. Big Ben, Cam, all in great spots. Uh, I think portals will be a pretty popular play as well. So I, I doubt it will be more than 15%. Yeah,
2: I tend to agree, right? And that 12 to 15%. I'm just interested to see what the public thinks and if they fade them because they're playing Jacksonville. And I think that's a mistake. I'm with you. I see more of a shootout here. All right, Chop, over to you. A lot to go for here. A lot, a lot of guys in play. Who are some guys that are standing out to you?
3: Yeah, I think uh, I think I don't think I'd hesitate to play some of the Kansas City guys, the the, the big skill. Now it'll hurt. It's going to hurt the whole offense if Watkins can't play because they really don't have a substitute for him. But um, like Derek said, I'll always take a great wide receiver with a special skill set like Tyreek over one in one-on-one cover, just like Julio last week. Uh, you know, any time a great wide receiver gets one-on-one coverage. I'll take that guy like Tyreek one-on-one with Jalen Ramsey. He's got the kind of skill set that can blow that out the water and be a tournament-winning wide receiver. So, I'd play him. I'd play Mahomes because I just don't see Jacksonville. Yeah, maybe they can limit some of the damage, but they're not going to stop Mahomes. No, there's no way. So, uh and I expect the Jacksonville offense to be a lot better than the Denver offense just was on Monday Night Football, so it's going to you know, pick up the pace on Mahomes and they know that they can't just run Kareem Hunt into the ground against Jacksonville. They got to air it out. So I definitely like this passing game quite a bit. Uh, on the flip side, man, I'm with Derek here. I like a lot of this Jacksonville stuff. If, if Fournette sits out, which he is. Yeah. I like, I like all these guys. I like Bortles. I like his pass catchers. I even like TJ Yeldon a little bit. Uh, they'll, they'll, there are a lot more fluid of an offense without Fournette in there, so I think uh, I think I go go Bortles, Yeldon, and I guess if you if you twist the arm, I would say Keelan Cole, but Bortles has shown uh, an ability to get it to each one of these guys: Cole, Moncrief, Westbrook, and so. Any one of them are in play in tournaments.
2: Yeah, that was the next question is, is pick a pick a receiver. We've seen, you know, Westbrook have two big weeks. We've seen Cole have a big week. We've seen Moncrief have a big week. So, Chop, you say Cole. I kind of agree with that because he's the one with, with the box score that didn't show anything last week, so I think he'll be the lowest owned. Derek, you have to pick one. Who is it going to be?
4: Yeah, I'll go with Keelan Cole just because he's been uh, the guy I've played so far, I guess.
2: All right, and and great points on Yeldon. I think he's in a good spot here. And, And the pricing, I like to see that he's priced up, 56 on DraftKings, 65 on FanDuel, so not a free square. And Blake Bortles, we know, when Fournette's out, for the most part, outside of two weeks ago, plays well. I think he's one of my favorite value quarterbacks on the week. All right, next game, Green Bay and Detroit chop. We've seen Green Bay be up and down, not look good on the road in Washington. Now they have to go into Detroit and we've seen Detroit the same. You know, it looked horrible against the Jets. Looked great against the Patriots. Looked okay against Dallas. How does this one break down indoors in Detroit?
3: Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm ready for this one. I think this one is going to be. I think people are with, with the other games that we've already talked about. People are going to be sleeping on this one, but this one can be a. This one can be as high scoring as any game this weekend. I'm I'm really anxious for this one. So Green Bay. You know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't look as mobile with the big knee brace, but he's fine. He's still he's still dropping dimes. So, uh, Aaron Rodgers. Mm, I guess I would say I probably won't take a running back here, but Aaron Jones would be my preference if I were. I think Devonte Adams is going to have a good game. I'm looking at the Cobb news and the Allison news now. We don't know if Allison, but if one of those guys or both of those guys should sit, we're going to have a lot of value at receiver for Green Bay. So just got to keep your eye on that. I can't give you a definitive wide receiver outside of Adams because we don't know the status of either one of those other guys. So, uh, But I think Aaron Rodgers is going to light it up. On the flip side, this is going to be a good Matthew Stafford game. In fantasy, maybe not in real life, but in fantasy, I think he does well uh, because I think Green Bay scores points, takes Carry on Johnson out of the game. So that means Stafford can use all these weapons, Gallaudet, Tate, and Jones. And and rack up his, you know, 350, 400 yards trying to play catch up to Aaron Rodgers. I I like this game a lot.
2: Yeah, I'm with you. And one guy I want to focus on here is Marvin Jones has played extremely well against the Green Bay Packers. Last four games, five for 81 and a touchdown, 11 for 107 and two touchdowns, nine for 76, and then the big eight for 205 and two touchdowns. He's down to 4,700 on DraftKings. He's the cheapest of the three receivers. On Fanduel, one of my favorite plays overall on the week. But I agree with you, Chop. This this game, I think, is gonna people are gonna sleep on it, and I think that's a mistake. I think there's weapons on both sides. Watch those injuries with Allison and Cobb, like you said. So, Derek, over to you. Agree? You excited about this one, or maybe not so much?
4: Yeah, definitely excited about this game. I have two points that I wanted to bring up, uh, not necessarily related to this, but the uh, the pricing when it comes to quarterbacks on DraftKings has narrowed considerably this year. Uh, in the past, we wanted to pay down a quarterback, but now basically all uh, quarterbacks are priced between forty nine and sixty nine hundred. So in this pass happy league with so many points being scored, it makes sense to kind of pay up for some of these uh, quarterbacks. Um, and then the other note is, you know last year, if we had an uh, an over under that was fifty points, we would just be hammering that game. And there are seven of them this week alone. So uh, it's just crazy know, how many points are being scored right now? Um, just keep that in mind when building your lineups. You always want guys with high ceilings. But uh, anyway, Rodgers is 6,300. do think he's in play. Definitely keep an eye on Cobb and Allison. If they are both out, uh, I would love Devontae Adams and Jimmy Graham here. Maybe even Ty Montgomery, 3,800. Uh, Aaron Jones is interesting. The Lions have been terrible against the run, but I have a hard time targeting those time split guys in a 12-game slate. And then on the Detroit side, I love the Marvin Jones call. Only 4,700 on DraftKings. He does have that great uh, track record against the Packers. And he has more air yards this season than both Kenny Galladay and Golden Tate, averaging two red zone targets uh, per game as well. So love that call. And obviously you can play uh, Stafford. Um, I will be avoiding the the running backs for Detroit. on Johnson's been awesome. But last week's snap count, 21 for Johnson, Blunt 14, and Riddick 25. So until he gets more work, um, I don't think you can play him.
2: Yeah, I agree. Unfortunately, he's been great. And, and Matt Patricia came out today and said he's getting enough work, which I don't see how you watch the game and agree with that <laughs> and say, yeah, LeGarrette Blunt's been great. Theo Riddick's been great. Carrion doesn't deserve more work. But whatever. That's uh, Matt Patricia. So, yeah, definitely a game to target here, at Detroit and Green Bay. All right, moving on, we have three games left here in part one of the DFS OG's podcast week five. Appreciate you guys tuning in once again. All right, Derek, let's go to you here, Baltimore and Cleveland. Cleveland let one slip away. They had that game won. Some people will blame the refs. I think that was a bad call on Carlos Hyde probably should have won that game, but did not Baltimore, on the other hand, they're handling their business. They went into Pittsburgh and they absolutely dominated that game. Do they go into Cleveland and do the same?
4: Yeah, I feel so bad for the Browns. They could easily be, you know, 3-1, 4-0 and at this point. Hugh Jackson's just terrible. While that was a bad call, I mean, fourth and inches, you got to go for it there. He came out today and said that you know, he didn't want to test his luck after he had uh, luck go his way earlier in the game or something like that. I mean, he's just – That guy's, an idiot. Just,
2: that guy's yeah. an idiot. Let's just I, be honest.
4: <laughs> I don't get it at all. Now they're playing a really tough Ravens defense. Um, that's going to get Jimmy Smith back. Uh, one of the better corners. Uh, so yeah, I have a hard time trusting anyone from Cleveland right now. Maybe look at Jarvis Landry. He should be able to avoid those corners uh, running most of his routes in the slot, but that's about it for me on Cleveland. And then Baltimore, they just continue to put up big points. Uh, went into Pittsburgh last week and uh, put up another big outing. I think nine over their last nine weeks are averaging something close to 30 points per game. We know Cleveland likes to play those deep safeties, so maybe this sets up well for Crabtree and Sneed. Don't really want to play him here. Um, you know, I think everyone's going to look to John Brown, but uh, with Cleveland not really giving up a lot of big plays, you know, maybe uh, look to those underneath guys as really low-owned tournament plays. Yeah, I like the Sneed
2: call. Thirty-nine hundred, twenty-six targets on the season, so he's, he's definitely getting the looks. And you mentioned those safeties; it's something to keep in mind uh, with Cleveland as those under gu- underneath guys. Can do some damage. You wish you could go with a tight end there, Chopper. They utilize about seven of them. But Baltimore's look very creative offensively. Who are some of your targets here against the Browns?
3: This is not a game I'll be uh, targeting very much here on Sunday. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of this game uh, in general. I don't. Baltimore just, you know, outside of John Brown, everything is just so split. of Their tight ends, like you said, there's so many of them the running backs you got to take a guessing game as to which one it's going to be this week. So I don't think I don't think I want to be uh on this train too much and then for Cleveland, maybe I could take a shot at Jarvis Landry cuz he's the best the best receiver on this team, but I certainly don't want to pound uh Carlos Hyde into this Baltimore defense and yeah, as much as I want to make him happen this year at this point David Njoku, you know, just not not getting it done. I mean, I had him last week on several teams and just watching the game it's like pulling teeth just watching them like please just throw the ball to this guy and they just don't do it they just don't unleash him and until they do I don't want to I can't play him so Jarvis Landry is about the only thing in this game that really you know makes I mean for a home run in a GPP maybe Antonio Callaway but yeah you know, that's about it
2: yeah I was gonna say Callaway still got double digit targets in that last or nine targets so 20 over the last two weeks is encouraging just not bringing in the reception, some drops and things like that. And Njoku's still got seven targets. So not going to write him off. I agree, Chop. I had him in cash on one of the sites. I forget. And just do not throw this guy the ball enough. The dude's a freak. So we'll see if that changes here. But I'm a little bit more optimistic than you on this one. I think there's bits and pieces. Uh, Flacco has played well. I think he could be in play here. But uh, overall, I kind of fall in the middle of you two guys, I think, on this game. Let's go to the next one. Giants in Carolina, Chop, Carolina coming off the bye. Cam Newton's been about as good as anybody at the quarterback position, not named Patrick Mahomes. Is he one of your primary targets this week against the Giants?
3: Yeah, I think so. I think that this is a, a good game for Carolina coming off that bye week and then getting the Giants team that doesn't look good, traveling, just got beat at home. So, yeah, Carolina, all of them look good. Cam Newton will be one of the better quarterbacks this week. Uh, McCaffrey, yeah, got a little bit of rest there. It's always good for a running back to get that bye week. And then I think this may be a week Devin Funches steps up and has a good game. Again, we'd love to play tight ends against the Giants and Cleveland, but in this case, I don't think you can play one of these Carolina tight ends. So maybe Funches kind of takes the place of a tight end here. He's big enough. So Uh, I like the Carolina playmakers for sure. And on the flip side, yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe Saquon. Uh, maybe Odell. I could go say or Odell in this game, but I'll tell you what, Eli Manning looks terrible. He's not a good quarterback. Huge mistake. Can I, I was just thinking about this today. I don't want to, this is not my rant, but I was just thinking about this today. Eli Manning was a guy that they benched last year because he sucked so bad and they didn't even have a backup plan. They were throwing some scrub in there to take his place, but he was so bad last year they benched him. So what What made them think that he was going to magically come back this year and be able to guide this offense with all these nice weapons? He's terrible, man. He's slowing everybody down. He's bringing everybody down with him. Like, the Giants made a terrible decision not to find a better quarterback in the offseason. So I love their weapons, but their quarterback brings them down. And if he can hit Odell in this game, Odell will have a big game. But Eli's shown no ability to really get the ball downfield at all. So, I mean, I'll play Odell in tournaments, and Saquon is – Perfectly fine in tournaments or cash, but uh, outside of that, I don't know, man. I have a, I have a problem with Eli.
2: Oh, they, they drafted their quarterback of the future in the third round last year, chopped Davis Webb, and then they caught him after one season. So
3: clearly okay. one of those
2: teams that, that does not know what they're doing. All
3: right. Well, you know what? Yeah, I'll give you my rant. Let me give you a rant right now. <laughs> All right. Just, love just it. Just a quick one. Just a quick one. And it's, it's something that's been uh, on my mind for, uh, for a while now is that I used to go around and just chalk these players up. This player sucks, man. This player sucks. And I realized, you know what would really help these teams in drafting good players is hiring good coaches because a lot of these players are good players, but you give any player who's great – they could be a great player. You stick them with bad coaches, you know, or bad, or as a receiver or a bad quarterback or something like that, and, you, you know, they, they're not going to prosper. How many guys – Have we seen go from bad coaches to good coaches, and all of a sudden they look like adequate, good NFL players? Yeah, the Giants don't have a good coach. Cleveland, you just talked about Hugh Jackson. That's not a good coach. A lot of these, uh, you look at Jared Goff and Todd Gurley, they go from bad coach to good coach. They look like world beaters. If you want to draft better players, you hire better coaches because better coaches make average players look a lot better.
2: Agreed. I mean, Robert Woods, another one there for the Rams that that Buffalo was left for dead. We didn't want to roster Robert Woods and now one of the better receivers in the league. So I totally agree with you there. And hopefully we've talked about this before, you know, these, these old ass owners that, that are stuck in their ways and don't want to hire these young guys. The NFL is changing. Derek brought it up in the opening. And if you're not seeing that as an owner, you're going to be left in the dust. So, Chop. I'm glad you brought that up. We we love the rants here. Derek, anything to add on that while we're here?
4: Uh, I mean, I guess I'll use my third and wrong on Eli. Not that I thought he was any good, but I thought he'd be better against the Saints. I mean, he's got Shepard, Odell, and Barkley uh, versus the Saints at home when he puts up 15 fantasy points. I just – I don't get it. Uh, Yeah, he's bringing down this whole team.
2: Yeah, my third and wrong is here as well. I really expected Odell Beckham to to put up bigger numbers, did okay at the end of the day. I liked Shepard as well, had a lot of him, but I thought this was a big spot for Odell and just didn't give us that big blow-up game. So definitely my third and wrong for last week. All right, Derek, your thoughts here? Carolina coming off the bye. I agree with Chop. I think Newton, McCaffrey, phenomenal plays this week. What about the Giants? Any interest on that side?
4: I know this isn't a betting show, but I uh, definitely like the Panthers in this one. Coming off the bye, uh, Giants coming off of that bad loss against the Saints at home. So, uh, yeah, I like this. Minus seven right now. Uh, as far as the Giants offense, I think you look at Barkley. You know, he's averaged or he scored at least 20 fantasy points in every single game so far this season. He's going to get a lot of dump offs from Eli. Don't really want to play Shepard. His price has come up to 5600 on DraftKings. A little more playable on FanDuel at 6200 then Odell Beckham's just not getting any deep targets, uh, averaging 9% of his targets over 20 yards this year. Uh, previous two seasons combined, it was 18%. So just not getting those deep targets. Not really sure I want to play him in this spot against a pretty good secondary. And then Carolina, yeah, definitely got to like Cam Newton. I think you can pair him up with Christian McCaffrey. He's averaging 23 fantasy points per game uh, on full PPR scoring, and he's yet to score a touchdown. Uh, he's, he, he's had three uh, red zone opportunities per game, so the touchdowns are going to come. We know he gets a ton of targets, and this offensive line uh, leads the NFL in adjusted line yards, at uh, 5.39. So a lot to like for the Panthers, um, but nothing to like really uh, on the Giants side.
2: Yeah, and, he, and he's cheaper than some of those workhorse backs. You know, he's $1,400 cheaper than, than Todd Gurley, $600 cheaper than Melvin Gordon, and gets a similar workload. Like you mentioned, without the touchdowns, I think those come this week, so I love McCaffrey against the Giants here in Week Five. All right, last game for us here in Part One: Miami and Cincinnati. Two teams kind of go in the opposite direction. Derek, we saw Miami start out three and zero, then go to New England and get thumped. Can they respond? And Cincinnati, on the other hand, has looked outstanding, and they go into Atlanta and get the win. They lose Tyler Eifert though on the way in Atlanta, so that's going to be a big blow to that offense. But they look good. They're on a roll. That they continue that roll here against the Dolphins?
4: Is it just me, or does this line look a little fishy?
2: Yeah, that's one of the first things I saw, too. Like, how how is that only six, six and a half? Like, I would have thought probably over eight. But I thought the same thing against New England. It looked a little low, and look, look what happened there. So I think we're in a similar scenario here.
4: Yeah, definitely don't want any part of the Dolphins. You know, Frank Gore over the last three games has three more touches than uh, Drake, uh, which is not ideal. I mean, they were playing him last week when they were down a bunch of points. Uh, That's like the worst game script possible for Gore, but uh, he was still getting the snaps. And then there's no reliable wideout in this offense. So I don't want anything to do with the Dolphins. On the Bengals side, yeah, just keep an eye on uh, Joe Mixon, obviously. If he's out again, uh, then we just fire up Geo. He's been awesome. He's a good pass-catching back. He's getting all the goal line work uh, if Mixon's out. So, like him, Tyler Boyd's been really good over the last three weeks. He's scored 21, 29, and 24 fantasy points. Um, it's safe to say that he wasn't just a flash in the pan in week two. And his price is still 5700 I still think that's pretty good. Don't mind looking at A.J. Green. Um And if this game stays close, like Vegas expects it to, then uh, I do think the pass catchers are going to be in play uh, for the Bengals.
2: Yeah, I love Tyler Boyd in the spot. You know, Xavier Howard's been very good in DVOA against number one receivers, uh, Miami number one. So not saying A.J. Green is out of play, but 21 against the number two wide receiver. And Boyd's been getting a ton of targets, and I don't think that's going to stop, especially after the loss of Eifert. Also want to throw in C.J. Uzuma here. He's the tight end you want. I know a lot of people are going to think it's Tyler Croft, but Azuma's been playing ahead of him. But both those guys, 2,900, uh, are intriguing here against the Dolphins. All right, Chop, wrap us up here for the analysis here in part one, Dolphins and Bengals.
3: Yeah, I'm with Derek on Miami, man. There's just, just – it's too much. It's just too uh, too weird that Drake doesn't get a lot more touches than anybody else in this offense, but they don't want to do that. So, yeah, I'm out on Miami. And then Cincinnati, I would uh, you take a look at what – quarterbacks have done against Miami this year I mean I know Miami was undefeated before last week but that first week Mariota got hurt you know and so I throw that game out the window almost Donald came back in week two with 300 plus yards Derek Carr with 300 plus yards and then Tom Brady last week didn't quite get to 300 but he did throw three touchdowns and I mean they were up 38 to nothing in that game or whatever he didn't have to pass for 300 so I think quarterbacks, you can attack Miami with some quarterbacks. Andy Dalton's looked as good as anybody this year. The red rifle, the red rocket, you know, you, you know, those redheaded guys, man, you gotta, you gotta watch them. But they're, like my buddy used to say, red, red on the head, like a dick on a dog. You gotta, you gotta play this guy, man. You gotta play him at this point. He's got some pass catchers. If Joe Mixon is, even if Joe Mason is in, those guys are better pass catchers than running backs anyway. So he's got a plethora of weapons. I like Andy Dalton to have one, and you know he's been better this year anyway. But even when he wasn't good with good coaching, uh, he always was prone to one of those big weeks where he runs one in and throws for three or four and wins wins a tournament. I think this is the week where he puts up like four or five total touchdowns and and competes for a tournament for you.
2: Yeah, I love Andy Dalton again. Had him in cash on DraftKings last week. I mean, multiple touchdowns every single week, and another good matchup here at home. So it's hard to argue with the production and the offense is rolling. So really high on the Cincinnati team. I'll have a lot of exposure, but especially Dalton and Tyler Boyd. All right, that'll wrap us up for part one of the OG's podcast. Make sure you come on back. Tomorrow we will release part two where we talk all the afternoon games, Sunday night football, Monday night football, and we answer, of course, some user questions. Guys, any final thoughts here in part one? Derek.
4: Uh, Chop, I got to write this down. Red on the head like a dick on a dog?
3: exactly how he said it <laughs> only
4: in texas <laughs> would you
2: get a phrase like that i love
3: he it was uh he was his <laughs> he had a sister <laughs> and, well he had a sister and his sister married a redheaded guy so he used to always give this redheaded guy a lot of shit man so that's one of the things <laughs> he used to walk walk around and say to him all the time so yeah he, he had he, yeah he was pretty good i remember that guy good guy Andy. good peoples man
2: Andy Dick kind a dog Dalton. I like that better than the uh, the Red Rifle, the Red Rocket, whatever we call them. All right, chop. Besides redheads, any final thoughts here in part one?
3: Yeah, man, we're just rifling through this, and I can't, I can't believe how many huge totals there are. Like Derek mentioned earlier, just fifties everywhere. So it's, it's making for an exciting. I mean, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, it's going to be fun stuff, man.
2: Yeah, the NFL's becoming college slowly. I don't think we're going to get any eighty-point totals soon, but love to see it. Uh, it should be a fun week. Again, come back and join us for part two. More head more notorious. I am Deer St. Salu. Good luck this week, and we'll see you right back here for part two of the OGs podcast here on rotogrinders.com. We'll see you.